Welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bum Podcast, episode number 146. It is a new year, but it is your same old pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? I'm glad the holidays are over. While I love everybody, I love seeing them. They drive me freaking nuts, and I'm glad to be podcasting and uh, getting back to getting ready to ski again. Yeah, hope everyone had a wonderful holiday season, Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa, Festivus, New Year's, Boxing Day. Festivus. You know, whatever you're into, whatever you did, whatever it was, hopefully it was wonderful. You hung out with people you loved. Hopefully you got some skiing done, some snowboarding done. You know, that's the most important thing that we all come together and can, you know, bury our races, religions, political beliefs, all that nonsense and just shred some snow together. So thank you so much for listening. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. Check us out on all the socials, twitter.com slash skibumpodcast facebook.com slash ski bum podcast instagram.com slash ski bum podcast we are on pinterest as highfalutins we are on soundcloud as highfalutin dash ski bum we're also on youtube but we're two episodes behind that's totally my fault but that will be remedied this weekend as well just search for us highfalutin ski bums on youtube so much stuff to talk about we're just everywhere everything everywhere have to be there that's the problem like you can't just be in one place you have to be everywhere we've been working hard trying to be everywhere and i'm glad to just uh finally going to be getting back to back to the basics like yeah you know it would be really cool to have interns number one it, it would be cool because again we could put up like more better stuff which would be awesome not that stuff isn't good it's just that you know our focus is the podcast at least that's what i you know, the two of us, we want the podcast to be awesome. And it's all like the peripheral things where it would be nice to have someone who could help us like chop up segments and do some editing and have some more video stuff. But, you know, who knows what 2019 will bring. Maybe we'll have to push the, uh, the accelerator towards the floorboard a little bit harder and make that kind of stuff happen. I'd like to get to the uh, point where we're just working on content and enjoying and meeting fans and that'd be skiing. Great. Skiing. Oh yeah. Yes. They're skiing and too. Just skiing, podcasting, and drinking. That'd be that'd be like the perfect life. Visiting ski towns and pounding some pow. That's right. So Mario, let's kick it off the way we always do. It's time for our pray today. I'm doing a Guinness. Good old standard Guinness. Uh extra stout. So this is the original. Original Guinness. Five point six ABV. And uh if anybody hasn't drank Guinness, uh, I don't, you, you should. So. Who's my number, bro? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I should even have to explain it. Um, <laughs> but, no, wait, but well, now, again, I, I'm not, I, I like a Guinness now and again. It's not really my, my thing. Now I know you said you have the stout and that's stout. like the, that's the, like the dark one that you got to let it sit for like five minutes and all like the cascading goodness happens. Right. You call it the train. Like it's just, it all swirls and then you get that nice cream at the top. So now that's the stout. So what, when you get, they have the bottles too, the draft, right? Drought, you know, it's, it's spelled like D-R-A-U-G-H-T. Well, there's the Guinness drought. That's usually what, I think that's usually what you get in bars when they have it on tap. And then there's the. Is it pronounced um, drought or draft? What is? Is it pronounced drought? Um, I think it's drought. Okay. Somebody, somebody can write in and correct us, call us morons, whatever you guys want. I mean, we are. I mean, obviously. 
If you've listened to this podcast more than once, you know we're morons. But I believe the one, so I think they made the drought. They made one in a bottle for a while. I don't think this is the one with the, has a little nitrogen. I think the drought's the bottle, right? And the stout's, like you said, the one with the nitro in the bottom. Well, the drought's the draft, but they do have the drought in a bottle. And I think that's that special bottle, the special, special nitrogen thing. Okay. So, but you're drinking the stout. I'm drinking the extra stout. Extra stout. Is there a standard stout? Um, no, I think that's what the drought is. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm sure people are just like yelling, yelling at their phones or yelling at their car. Like these guys are so fucking stupid. Sorry. Hopefully you're driving safely. You're not going to run off the road listening to us. Being Don't so get off. mad at us, please. We're trying to learn here. Um, so I'm sure somebody knows the ins and outs of Guinness and I wear a Guinness shirt like all the time walking around the house because it's one of my favorite shirts. So it's pretty funny. I have this green Guinness shirt that I wear all the time. I wear it to bed. We're just doing stuff. And uh, I don't know the ins and outs of Guinness. So I don't know. Call me a poser. Call me just somebody that likes to go to a bar and order a Guinness. But that's what I'm drinking now. And it's nice. And it's chocolatey. It's dark, nutty, bitter, sweet. Malty. Malty. It's like, you know. All right. I'm looking at your bottle. And yeah, I think that's all right. I, I think I'm slowly understanding what's going on here. It's the extra step. But I don't think there, there's one with the nitrogen thing in it. And I know somebody's yelling in the car right now. And we could so easily look this up too, because we're on computers, both of us, but we're not going to because it's more fun to pontificate and just kind of think about and make stuff up. I'm going to say the Guinness drought is the one that they have a special bottle. This is the Guinness extra stout. I think the drought is a stout. <laughs> the drought is a stout. <laughs> try them try them sam i am right yes the drought is so the, the and the, this is a big deal like guinness actually created for the drought which is not the beer that i have or the drought it's like drinking a tap beer out of a bottle uh or as my uh brother-in-law from blossom says bottle you drink it out of the bottle the bottle and, uh the bottle but uh, I, I believe that they created, they had to actually create and patent this actual special nitrogen thing to release the nitrogen gas when you open the bottle so that it gives it that nice uh, preserved taste they wanted. You spent millions of dollars on it. <laughs> <laughs> they could have cured diseases, you know, cancer. We need club, fresh club feet. Beer. That's hey right. man, it's all priorities, right? I get it. I totally get it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. like once you get nitrogen in it, almost anything on nitro is so freaking good. Yeah, they had the um when we were up at Killington a couple weeks ago. They at the Yosh they had the um 14th star maple breakfast stout on nitro. Oh, nice! That was really good. All right, so that little thing that releases the nitrogen in a Guinness bottle is called the widget. And the, it's a widget. Plastic, the widget. It's a plastic mold device that Guinness created that sits atop each can of Guinness, or bottle in this case. And when it's open, a small amount of beer and nitrogen trapped in the widget is forced out through the beer, which creates the famous creamy head you find in a pint of Guinness drought served in a pub. So 
that's why draft beer, you know, is so nice to find because it's just different than what you can get in a bottle. So they actually, because of that nitrogen pretty much. Yeah. So they actually are recreating that in the bottle and they spent probably a shit ton of money (laughs) just to do it. And why not? But that's the Guinness drought in a bottle. It's a different bottle. I've seen that. It's like a all black bottle. I think it's, um, I think it's got a, like a skin on it. Um, it's like a membrane inside, right? That one. Am I making that up? I'm making that up. I don't know what I'm talking about. Just make it up. I think, <laughs> I think we don't know. We just make some shit up. Totally fake news. Totally fake news. Totally losers. So does that Terrible mean podcast. drought that you get in the, in a bar is always on nitro? I think that's what it does, right? That's why. I guess it would have to be, right? They have a Guinness Nitro IPA. I've never had that. Ooh, it's pretty gross. I had the blonde. The blonde was pretty gross. Pretty I actually gross. Did not. So, I bought a six pack that I didn't drink. Yeah, they got to friggin' stay in their lane. I gave it to somebody. I was like, here you go. You like Guinness? <laughs> so yeah, I gave it to my brother in law. He said, there you go. Hope you like this. Drop it off the local high school. Here you and go, kids. Always like, everybody was always so like eager to try it. Like, oh, great. Guinness, Guinness blonde. I want to try that. And they had a cool commercial with like, a sexy Irish blonde and like, wouldn't you like a, an Irish blonde? And it's like, yeah, it's great. You know, great commercial, great marketing, great packaging. It wasn't like, don't you want this blonde in your mouth? And you're like, I think I do. <laughs> and then you try the beer and you're like, fuck no. <laughs> God damn. Oh, no, fuck. Fuck no. Fuck no. What's in there? Satan's balls? <laughs> <laughs> so while we're bagging on Guinness, I'm drinking the uh, extra stout along with go. some <laughs> Along with some bullet bourbon. That's my side chaser. That's a nice little chaser there. That's a that's an interesting sort of boiler maker, I guess you would almost be making up there, right? I'm making the boiler maker in my mouth. It's like so. a like a Kentucky car bomb. Kentucky. <laughs> 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 yeah, I like that. Oh yeah, it's an Irish and uh Irish and Kentucky bringing them together. That's like some Hatfield and McCoy stuff right there. That's crazy. I know they don't talk because of the, the whiskey and the bourbon making. I mean, there's got to be a little Hatfield McCoy shit going on. Yeah, there, there's some sort of like Hatfield and McCoy uh, bourbon that's out there now. Is it? Yeah, I was. I I think it was right it was before Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, coming too many bottles. Conflict. Oh, that would actually be really cool. Like you know those like oil and vinegar bottles they have. They're kind of like serpentine. Oh. Like you had the Hatfield version and the McCoy version that were kind of like. Together, but separate. Well, you can drink them separate or you can mix them together and have the bourbon mix. Like you make your own bourbon mix. It's called Fireball. <laughs> That's right. I like that idea. I think yep. when we come out with the Ski Bone podcast stuff, we'll have a Brian, Brian bourbon and a Mario bourbon. You can mix them together to do the whole mojination. Yeah, you can make out your own blend, your own Ski Bone blend. Or maybe today you just want a little Brian or today you just want a little Mario. <laughs> whatever whatever fits the mood today feels like a little bit of mario <laughs> i'll have a wee dram of mario <laughs> give me one finger of mario please one finger uh please don't refer to me in fingers <laughs> there was a so we were up at killington a few weeks ago like i've said like nine times in the last couple of podcasts and we're hanging out at the one bar and we're talking to the bartender and she was saying that at the hotel at the killington grand hotel they had had a, I guess it was like a convention or a summit. They, they host stuff there. They have all the conference rooms. And it must have been like a, a writer's 
convention or something. So all these like intellectuals were there. And this guy, I think he must have been British. He came up and he actually asked, he's like, oh, do you have that cinnamon whiskey? He's like, oh, you mean fireball? He's like, oh, yes. Could I get that on the rocks, please? Oh. And she's like, you you're know. ordering fireball on the, like, people don't want to taste it for a long time. That's the whole point of it. You kind of want to. They're probably treated though. Like a lot of people like it in America. I want to see what the rage is about. It must be a, a fantastic whiskey if people are buying it by the bottle all the time. Right. If you think about it, uh, not I, knowing. I guess uh, it's just like the uh, the bird box of, of whiskeys, right? Like everyone's talking about it and it's a big deal. And if you haven't been a, to a nightclub that's between 21 and 25 years age, that's <laughs> then you don't know what it is. You know, one of my worst New Year's hangovers like five or six years ago was because of the night ended with. Well, it started with High West. They're like white lightning, like white oak whiskey, which I drank half a bottle by myself. Damn. And then moved to Fireball. And then the next day was a lot of, actually that night was a lot of Googling of Buck Angel pictures. So I don't know if you're familiar with Buck Angel. Are we? No. So. I'm looking up right now. Look it up. Make sure your Google safe, safe search is turned off, my friend. Buck Angel, Wikipedia. No, don't go to Wikipedia. Go to, go to keep it real. So Buck Angel is a woman and uh, was at one time a very feminine, attractive woman. Again, transgender activist, entrepreneur, influencer. Um, and it's missing a very significant career mile marker of Miss Angel's career, which was porn star. Oh, now we completed the loop right there. Yeah. So imagine a woman who is jacked like a dude. Like her like torso up looks like a jacked dude, shaved head, goatee, but with lady bits. um, I haven't seen any nude pictures of him, but he looks like... Um, It's a her, mister. Don't be disrespectful. Sorry. Uh, looks like Henry Rollins. <laughs> right? I don't think her neck is quite that big, but... <laughs> I gotta say, looks like he's singing in a club right now, just like a, a metal club. Yeah. So, again, that's where Fireball tends to lead me, So, which is why I try to avoid it, because I traumatize a lot of people that night. And So, wait, uh, so it was always a woman? It was a always, it's always been a woman. Oh, okay. But now she takes male hormones... To look more like a man. Like a man. Huh. But I like think... If I were, like, just passing through, you see an off picture, you'd be like, oh, this is a dude. You're like, who's this dude? Because even, like, there's no boobies. It looks like man, like... Like, jacked. just jacked man dude, yeah. right? That's like cheating on the pecs, then. Yeah. I think, again, you know what? I could be wrong. I think... I think... It's she identifies as a sheep. Maybe she's a he. I don't know. I'm an idiot. Again, I've said it five times already. I don't know. Let me ask you, do you want to know? <laughs> I, you know what? Just you be you, Buck. Like, do your thing. Like, I'm happy you're doing your thing. You're happy. You're, you're crushing it. You're doing, living life, being your best self and keep doing it. But again. Transsexual. I don't even know. Yeah. I, I'm not even looking. I can't. It can get ugly if you go a little too deep. I can't. What's so that? Huh? Your trip? Like. The, guy, the girls never came. The girls never showed up. <laughs> well, it's like, did you ever uh, ever watch Ron White? Any of his stand up? 
he has the one where he was he was I guess when he was late teens, early twenties, he was stationed in the military out in Hawaii. And he, you know, young, dumb kind of guy, had a couple bucks, and he's like, Oh man, there's one place where all these hookers are so cheap. They're like like a dollar for, you know, for some for some treats. And he found out, like he started talking to these guys at the on the base. They're like, dude, those aren't women over there. And he's like, Well, what do you mean they're not women? He's like, No, those are dudes, bro. And he's like, Oh, Shit. Dollar fifty is dollar fifty. It's really it's all about economics, is what it comes down to. And then he had a long talk with himself. <laughs> well, I think the I think the way he phrased it, he's like, it's like he found out they were I found out they were dudes. He's like, so I only went back a few more times to confirm. <laughs> well, you know, if you're trying to save money. It's cheap. Hey, you know, I went to job lot and bought a bunch of stuff there. You know, I'm not judging. So I will talk about my apre today. At this point, that was a tangent we went on. <sighs> Do some Googling yourself. It's on you now. Oh, no, I, went, I even forgot what it was. I went to a local brewery near me, which is called Carton Brewery, and they had a funky, uh, funky collection of beers a couple weeks ago. And one of the ones that I picked up was their decoy beer, which is a winter warmer, it's an ale brewed with spices. And there's a little description on the can. And it says, at his restaurant, 11 Madison Park, which is a fancy New York restaurant, Chef Daniel Hum makes an extraordinary five-spice roast duck. The genesis of decoy is our notion that those spices would affectionate the fig notes of a Belgian strong malt bill in the direction of a winter warmer cumin, coriander, lavender, flowers, Sichuan red peppercorns, and honey are added to special bee malts and Belgian candy sugars, with American ale yeast chosen because its esters enhance rather than dominate, as would a Belgian. Mm. A strong, gently spiced ale decoy is intended to sit next to or in place of a fire during the bracing cold of winter. Drink decoy because life and spice nice yeah it's really good is there a duck on the can there's a lot of ducks nice there's like a bunch of ducks in the swamp where the ducks are known to hang out and then there's a roast duck mm. it's like a before and after kind of thing from the from the water water environment to the plate i like it ah, circle of life my friend the beer is really good yeah you know i'm usually not a fan of the belgians and i like the comment that it makes how it uses the american ale yeast instead of a um the kind that would usually be in a belgian so it's a little bit less i don't know what the word is for a belgian beer is it like sharp or aggressive there's some there's something to it that makes it very belgian and this doesn't have i I don't know what that flavor even is it's hominy is it i don't know i have no idea hominy what the Hominy with hominy. I I just <laughs> ebony and ivory. What are you talking about, man? You know, it's just sometimes words just pop into your head and you just want to say them. <laughs> isn't hominy like like corn? It's like greens or something? Type of corn, isn't it? It's something like it's something southern, isn't it? Hominy. I thought it was like almost like a okra. Hmm. What is hominy? Hominy okay, grits. Kernels. They're corn. So I was again. I've been uh, treated with dude, an alkali process. I have so it's like it's puffed up rice. 
I haven't even been swinging and missing today. I've been like swinging and like chucking the bat each time. <laughs> I'm like, how many? <laughs> Um, perhaps that could be the next big trend in brewing is the hominy so have you ever eaten hominy not on purpose they have it a lot um i think i had it with mexican food it's actually pretty good it's like the way they treat the corn it puffs up and it's like it doesn't look like a piece of corn it looks like like a piece of corn on like crack steroids it's gigantic yeah look at that all right. Well, there we go. See, we're learning all kinds of new stuff today. That would be good in beer, though. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to I'm going to support your hominy reference. Maybe they put hominy. It could be something. You never know. Yeah, it's like a blanched, white-ass, bloated corn. It's almost like if you took, you know, like those geese they use for making foie gras, how you just shove it like bread in their mouths and like make them like force feed them to eat. That's what it looks like. It it's looks like, like a corn. That that's a corn. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be perfect to serve a foie gras. There you go, right? Or why don't they feed the foie gras ducks hominy? Yeah. That could be something. Yeah, Peter. Take that. Oh my God. Can you imagine making them watch like foie gras duck videos? Oh my God. That'd be horrible. Yeah, they wouldn't enjoy that too much. I just don't like foie gras. Taste of it. I'm like, mm. I know you like it. I find it divine. I haven't had it in a couple of years, but like I said, there was one of those restaurants when we went to Montreal. They had the menu. They had the beef. They had the chicken. They had the pork. And they had the foie gras. There was a whole section of it. Foie gras menu. And it was delicious. And I even had leftovers and ate it in my hotel room. I ate cold foie gras with onions in my hotel room. My fancy Fairmont bedroom. (laughs) You have a foie gras leftovers. You better eat that. That's like there's a half like life. Level. There's a half life on those things. That's right. Well, you know what? That that duck or that goose went through a lot of pain and torture for me to enjoy it. So I'm not going to waste it. But think of that circle of life, right? So they force feed the duck, so he gets sick and gets fatter. So you can get the liver to feed to you, so you can force feed yourself foie gras. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> It's kind of like, are you going to get eaten by a duck now? <laughs> Some like space duck comes down and is going to extract revenge or on those foie gras eaters. <laughs> or goose. It's like a special goose. I think it's a goose. <laughs> or a hybrid. That'd be funny if like, they just, they just kept doing that. Like they feed the foie, the, they feed the goose, the people that ate the goose. And then they keep, keep doing that. Like generation after generation. Be crazy. You'd hope someone would learn at some point not to eat them, but you know. They're delicious. Maybe yeah. there'll be this gigantic goose at the end of it, like eating people. <laughs> like a T-Rex goose. <laughs> Can you imagine big flappy, flappy arms and a beak that's like biting people? Just picking people out to leave the restaurant? Man, I saw Jurassic Park. Like they were running the marathon the other day, so I watched that. Now I'm thinking that there could be a T-Rex goose around. Nice. Crazy. So yeah, so no hominy, whatever that flavor is, but this is really delicious. And if you're probably somewhere skiing, you won't be able to find it. But if you're in lovely New Jersey, I like it. Hominy. Hominy. That's right. Hominy with an accent. I don't know. Bone thugs and hominy. (laughs) I think that was a group. Now that you say it, that really They have a a cooking show now. They stopped rapping and started cooking. Bone thugs and hominy. (laughs) Hominy is a group. That would be awesome. How many support group? 
There is a YouTube channel for Bone Thugs and Hominy. <laughs> All right, we get that. Yeah, hip hop hashtag hip hop barbecue. Hip hop barbecue, I like that. It works. All right, so while we're still at Opry Ski talking about stupid shit, uh, <laughs> let's talk about Utah and the stupid shit they're doing. So. Um, Utah has just set up and passed uh, to implement the lowest DUI limits in the nation. So New Year's Eve revelers could end up with more than just a hangover as 2019 dawns. So as of New Year's, um, the 0.05% limit that Utah passed goes into effect, uh, went into effect Sunday, which is just before New Year's um, was in. And if you want to compare drink limits, so a woman weighing 140 to 160 pounds could have about two and a half drinks before her BAC reaches 0.08. And a man weighing 180 to 200 pounds could have about four, right? But with the new law in place, the numbers can decrease from two and a half drinks to about one and a half drinks for the same woman and about two and a half drinks for the man. So basically- now, Does it make a difference if you're a man or a woman? They shouldn't say like a 140 to 160 pound human? It should be human. They did it because they, they just said, you know, generally women are smaller than men. So <clears throat> I think that's why they did it in this article. But yeah, basically, if you're 140 to 160 pounds, I think men also have a little more muscle generally. That's why they usually have different rates for men and women. But whatever. I would say if you go by your weight, um, two and a half drinks now turns into one and a half drinks, which is pretty fucked up. Um, I don't know if they say that's over how many hours, but uh, yeah. So a 150 pound man could be over the 0.05 limit after two beers in an hour. So go to a party, you can have one and done. Now I wonder if. And I'm saying a 120 pound woman could exceed it after one drink in an hour. So basically if, they're saying if you're a 120 pound woman, you go out for a happy hour, you have one drink, you have to stay put for an hour and not drink, not do anything for an hour after do, having that drink, or you're probably going to be over the limit. Jeez. It's pretty scary. Now, how, how awesome is this though for like Uber and Lyft though? You know, like people are going to be so super cautious and that just means that they're going to have more. I mean, it's so easy now with, you know, those services existing that there really is never a reason to drive drunk. Yeah, because sure. it's almost almost everywhere you can get an Uber or a Lyft if you're going out drinking. So I wonder if they maybe lobbied Utah, if maybe the Uber and Lyft people were like, "Hey, uh, how about you uh, you pass this law over here? We'll throw you a couple couple of free ride coupons." And, I don't know, uh, but if you're drinking four percent alcohol beer, does it really matter? Ah, those three point twos, man. Three point two, four percent maximum. I mean, does it? You could probably have two beers. Then, you know, are you talking normal beers or we're talking Utah beers? That's a big difference too. Yeah. With Utah yeah. beers, you can have like seven, just double the numbers. It was great. It's like drinking the other water. Like forget like, you know, Coors Light. I'm drinking Utah beer. Well, this one, the one I'm drinking, this uh, carton decoy, this is a 12 percenter. Yeah. That's like, it's like four X of what you like can get Satan, in Utah on draft. That's like Satan in a can, according to the Mormons. Yeah. 
Yep. So they tried doing that in Jersey. Um, I think it came up and they were talking about it. And basically, if you have a CDL, I believe the limit is 0.04%. And if you have a CDL at any time, even if you're not driving a truck, let's say you're driving your regular car home, even though the state law might be 0.08%, you're still held to the CDL license limit that you have of 0.04. Oh, really? So even if you're driving like a regular car and you have a CDL license? Yep. Really? I didn't know that. Which is that's people, you know, you don't think about it until you get your CDL and then you're like, yeah, because my buddy Gary had a CDL and he said, he's like, no, I can't like, that's my license. So once they see the CDL, that class, you know, because if you're hammered, you could, you know, or just over that 0.04, you could jump into a truck and, you know, you'll be over the limit. So hmm. interesting. You're held to the limit of your license. But uh, yeah, 0.04, like they were, you know, truck drivers. So now they're basically um, putting everybody under that, you know, close to that limit. So very crazy. Yeah. It's, you know, if you really look at it as a person that is looking out for the best for humanity, I guess it is a good thing. But it just seems a bit... I get. I don't know. I really don't know because again, it does seem like a smart thing. Less people with less booze in your system on the roads is a good thing. But how much of this do you want it to be a nanny state where you know, yeah, it's it's you have one drink and like again, if you're a young, a lighter person, you have one drink and you're already above the legal limit. Yeah, exactly. And everyone everyone handles alcohol differently. You know, it doesn't matter your weight, your size. Everybody handles it differently. Their systems process alcohol differently. So, you know, to have this blanket statement and, and system really isn't that effective. Well, this is kind of what, remember California, when they passed the uh, legalized marijuana law, one of the big problems with the law was the limit, the marijuana limit for driving. And they said the problem with that is people that were taking it for pain management, basically rendering them unable to drive for the, for like five or six hours by the time it gets out of your system. Wow. So they, you know, people that were for it were actually fighting the law from going in and people putting it in because they were saying, no, it's too, even though you'll put it in and make it law, you'll make it a law that's so restrictive that people that actually need it, not just for recreational use, um, will be limited to what they can do. So something to think about. It's, it starts with alcohol, goes to marijuana, goes to everything. Why don't they have a limit on prescription drugs? Uh, I'm sorry. Prescription drugs will probably make you more hammered than like two or three beers. Oh, if you're popping a couple oxys or you're on some Xanax or something. Yeah, absolutely. Basically, if, if, if your doctor prescribes you Oxycontin, you should probably not be able to drive at all while you're on it. I mean, yeah. would people be fine with that? It's kind of the same thing because the next thing is going to be, they go after everything else. I mean, but doctors are involved. Doctors know everything, right? Doctors aren't paid off by the pharmaceutical companies to push certain types of drugs. No. Well, so with most prescriptions you get, right. Especially painkillers, they say, don't um, operate machinery. A car is a big ass machine, right? Oh yeah, and for sure. So that it's okay to like take your prescription painkiller and jump into a car and then fly down the highway. Like that's just as bad, you know, MAO inhibitors, the, uh, you know, 
Xanax and all that other stuff, that puts you in another fucking planet. You really Mm -hmm. think that's good? I mean, I don't know. I think if they're going to do this and go down to that level, then they should start looking at the prescription drugs. But God forbid they did that because they got the lobbyists. Exactly. It's, it's an easy, it's an easy boogeyman to go after alcohol and then marijuana. Yeah. Yep. You just look at one drunk and oh yeah, use that as an example. And you get somebody that gets pulled over that had two drinks at happy hour and is like, now you're ruining their life. That's pretty fucked up. Yeah. But you know, again, but again, like it is, it is great that the technology has progressed to the part where we can, we do have a car, a a private car service in our pocket with our phones. You know, and I think, you know, people are starting to utilize that more. I think they're saying that DWIs have been going down significantly since Uber and Lyft have been more prominent. And I think how to change the law because all the people that live off of people getting arrested, the cops, the lawyers, everybody is, is needs that volume to keep increasing. They need, they, they're worried about the volume decreasing. So what do they do? Let's lower the percentage. Pretty That's actually soon. a really good point. That's it's gross, but yeah, it is a good point. Pretty soon. Oh, you stood next to a dude that had more than two drinks. You know, you seem pretty over the limit. You're out, you know, and then where do they stop? Uh, do you have probable cause to pull everybody over? I mean, if somebody's not driving impaired, but you pull them over, you could be driving, not necessarily impaired driving at just over a 0.05 limit. But now where do they draw the line of saying, well, you were driving impaired. How do you know I was driving impaired? Did I swerve? No. Did I do that? No, but you're actually over the limit. Okay. But you pulled me over and I wasn't doing anything to pull me over for. And and that's where you get into all these like different issues of, of lowering that. You can lower it down 0.03 and then just pull everybody over whenever you want. Yeah. Then there's also two, you know, in the future, are all cars going to have some sort of built-in breathalyzer? that detects any sort of alcohol coming off your breath and won't start if you've had that. That would be great. They should do that and do something that kills every phone in the car when you're driving. <laughs> yeah. You do that, we'd have a safer safer life. And then if you want to use your phone, go call an Uber, just like drinking. Go call an Uber. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as I'm concerned, using your phone in the car is worse than drinking two drinks in, in an hour. Horrible. Yeah. So I'll stand off my soapbox. Stop getting pissed off. You are you fight for drinkers' rights, and I, I appreciate that. I, but I don't want anybody to drunk drive. I want everybody right. to take. No, I know. But I want I want it to be fair. Like I mean, I don't know. Do you go to a picnic? Now you're gonna have to Uber to your your parents' house because you're gonna have more than two drinks in an hour. I mean, it's, it gets ridiculous. At some point, it's like, all right, I can't even have any alcohol. Well, that's fine. But now, you know, where does it stop? You're not allowed to have alcohol. You're walking on the street. Now, are you considered drunk and disorderly if you're over 0.05? Yeah. Right? Yeah, true. You know, somebody pushes you, you get into a scuffle with them. Oh, you're drunk. You had a beer this hour. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's, there's a lot of other things that people don't think about at face value. I love the fact that it's keeping people that shouldn't be driving off the road, but I also think there's, they should be policing people that suck at driving and people that use their phones. Yeah. No, I hear you. That makes sense. I'm in Florida. People do the 
three lane fucking left turn from the right lane. It is <laughs> incredible how much it happens. And these people go on driving. I talk to people all the time that get rear ended, side swiped all the time. And people, are, you know, people keep driving. They just leave the scene. It's like, really? This is, it's fucked up. Yep. That's Florida for you. I know. And they're all from other states. They come <laughs> in, they fuck around in Florida and they leave. That's what Florida is there for. Everyone else is fucking around. All right. So with that, we're going to take a quick little journey. Let's get into the Genjula. And this will be a quick one. We got a, our bean of the week from our buddy, Frank. So thank you, Frank. And again, he always keeps things nice and topical, which we always do love. And this week's is Aspen OG. Now, Frank is going on a trip to Aspen, which is why Aspen OG is the strain. It is by 303 Seeds and is a testament to how rich the Rockies cannabis heritage really is. This sour cream and SFV OG cross is sweet like Aspen in the summer and coated white like Aspen in the winter. Topped with glistening trichomes that shimmer like snow. Aspen OG combines physical elements from each parent to easily curb moderate pain and stimulate the appetite. Expect earthy flavors with a sweet berry undertone. Keep you focused, keep you happy, keep you relaxed. (laughs) It might be a little talkative and a little uplifted. Good for headaches, stress, depression, fatigue, and inflammation. Sounds awesome. I love the, uh, the part about it looking like snow glistening on it. And you know, Leafly, I think, should do something to uh, put photos of the plant growing because I think some of them look really pretty. It was a good-looking one. There's a few Instagram handles with just um, kind of weed porn. You can look at all the different, you know, a lot of different um, I like the, video the flowers. Them, but like, oh, yeah, do it, man. Yeah, I had a, a certain in-law who's really into into cannabis. He was, he, I forget what the... Um, the daily dab or something. I think it's a Facebook page. And he was showing me, they were just showing the video of them making the, um, is it the resin when they like, they, uh, they squeeze out the oil and then they kind of boil it or concentrate it down. Mm-hmm. And he was like, showing me all these videos. And he's like, I could watch this all day. <laughs> I guess it's like watching how it's made. That's right? why you don't have a job. Well, yeah. People watch, you know, how it's made weed edition. Yeah. I mean, they show people cooking. You know, you can watch uh, Rachel Ray making whatever the hell, some flambe or uh, some uh, taco pockets, whatever the hell she makes. And, you know, this is the same kind of thing. I watched that video of that guy making the gingerbread weed man. Oh, gosh. Spunkle weed out of a quarter. It was freaking mesmerizing. I got to watch that. I watched it a few times. That was pretty impressive. I mean, nothing really gets you in the holiday spirit than watching that. Can you imagine if you got that for like a gift? You'd be like crying, like, thank you. This is the best gift ever. <laughs> you know, I got like a Mercedes outside, just like the commercial. Like, no, no, I got this, this weed gingerbread man. This is way better than the Mercedes. <laughs> Fuck that Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's crazy. Well, since we're talking about the icy, snowy look of that weed from the Aspen OG. Let's go to Ski News. And speaking of that beautiful, wonderful snow, it looks like the West is about to get walloped with some more snow. Walloped. Oh, yeah. 
in the Pacific Northwest, three to four different storm systems are lined up with a potential atmospheric river type setup, heavy moisture potential, heavy snow accumulations in the high cascades, volcanoes, and Olympic range. Total accumulations could range from three to six feet by Tuesday. Bitches. Bitches. Oh, so if you're out in, in Telluride or I guess probably even like Mount Baker, you uh you are in for a treat in the next couple of days. Right. And if you're San Juan, not Puerto Rico, but the San Juan Mountains, you're in for a treat. They just got 34 inches down at Wolf Creek. Damn. So they're getting pounded down there. They're saying Tahoe could be getting up to two feet or is getting it. I think maybe today, this is Thursday. We're talking about this. I gotta say Tahoe is what do they have? They have like two, three years of like shit conditions. Like they had one season that was was horrible. Yeah, there's like one or two years. That's when they had that the big drought was happening too, because usually they get all that that snow melt that goes down to to Southern California. Yeah. And then the next two years were just a pounded monumental epic. Like Snow City, like you know, if if you like trading futures on ski houses that would have been the time to buy <laughs> yeah right, right in the middle of the drought like two years of a drought this place is dried up everybody sell i'll pay half what it's worth go big yeah. new ski house in uh in you know tahoe for half price would be great yeah seriously right awesome. so they're saying that a little bit of snow out in colorado and utah not too much yeah banff is supposed to get heavy snow I'm hoping they get a little bit of killing thing because that's what we're going to be next week. Say the Northeast has about three chances over the next couple, next week or so to get hit a couple times. You know, we kept looking at, I kept looking at Weather Underground and they were showing potential for six, maybe eight, maybe nine for Tuesday, Wednesday next week in the um, Killington, Central Vermont region. So keeping our fingers crossed for that one. Because yes, Mario and I are finally going to ski together again because it's been since last March since we did so. Going to be skiing and just doing what we do at our Mm -hmm. old home mountain. I'm going to have to call my old home mountain. I don't know what my new home mountain is going to be. You get one of those. What's the one that we talked about? There's no like the guy. Didn't some guy have like a uh, a plastic one, like the surf shop guy? Oh yeah, Florida. I might have to do that. Do it right on the beach. I'm going to find that guy. That guy. Yeah. So uh, some snow is lining up. And yeah, if you were, if you're in the West, if you're in, you know, the uh, Seattle, Vancouver area or Tahoe, you're going to be having some fun this weekend. So get out there and get some turns in friends. Pays to be in a good location, 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 ski location. My location is the number one state for people to have moved out of last year. So, And I want to join that list. My location is the number one for not being able to ski on the weekend. Let's put it that way. Pretty well, much. Unless you have a jet or something. I don't know. You got to work on that. If I was Pippo, I'd have it all. Mr. Worldwide. Worldwide. I'd be ski-wide. <laughs> all right, next up, we got a new ski area is going to be built in Alaska in 2019. So anybody that's trained to ski in Alaska, of course, you know, outside of heli skiing is Alaska. Um, but now they're talking about a new ski area in Alaska 2019. Um, in 
Skeet Hawk Ski Area near Palmer, Alaska. Um, so a nonprofit group, uh, Hatcher Alpine Experience, HAX, I guess they're traded, raised uh, $1.2 million to purchase its first ski lift. And they're saying it's going to be a 1,200-foot triple chairlift with 300-foot-plus of elevation to serve beginner trail, boost backcountry skier access. Um, and then they're saying in total, they need about $750,000 to cover installation costs. But they said they believe they will reach their goal and have the lift installed by summer of this year, 2019. 20-year um, plan, they're actually talking about having a 6,000-foot high-speed quad that goes all the way to the peak. Um, oh, they're saying peak 4068 in the government peak area. So it looks pretty cool. They got a video on, on you know, with this site, the, uh, the link we have from unofficial networks. Uh, and they have the, uh, the plan for it. And what I love about the plan is if you look at where the lift is going to run, that could be a straight run right down, man. Just tuck it. Just tuck it all the way down. Yeah, you can go for a little speed record there, right? Yeah. So if Government Peak is on the left, the one that they're planning for future expansion is to the right. So, you know, from the map that they have, that Government Peak expansion looks pretty awesome. That's when it's going to get real, once they can expand into that Government Peak, yeah. And it's funny, they say they're hoping for 20 years, but, you know, it's good. What you got to do is set that goal and then beat the goal. So you never know. It could happen in a few years, depending on... If they get a lot of people there, how the you know how they build the area and stuff, but uh, it'll be nice to see Alaska is um, is opening up to the world, so to speak. Yeah, if you look on the map, Palmer, Alaska is it's not too far north of Anchorage. Yeah, it's like it looks like maybe an hour, an hour or so northeast of Anchorage, just north of the uh, the Chugash State Park. So, a lot of good hell skiing down there, right? Um, almost directly north of Alyeska. So probably about 60 miles north of uh, Alyeska. So, yeah, there's a, you know, I, you wonder too, like, you know, if, if global warming is real, if things are heating up, if, you know, we're not going to have snow in the central southern U.S. anymore. Dude, didn't they just have snow this week in Vegas? That did they? Yeah, they had uh, in the outskirts of Vegas. They said it reached thirty degrees. Or I'm thinking. Uh, well, they have that mountain there. Let me uh, start there's, there's that mountain range right outside of Vegas. Yeah, no, that that's ski resort. In, uh, I think it might be Arizona. Arizona. Yeah, like you wonder with all this talk again. You know, climate Stay. change, global warming, melting ice caps. You know, snow disappearing. It could out. Could like Alaska become like the new British Columbia. Is that possible in 60 years? Yeah. Like, is it going to happen? You know, is it time to buy now? Whatever that stock is, maybe keep tabs on it. Maybe buy a little bit with this market imploding right now. And who knows, maybe your, uh, your grandkids will have a dope ass condo up in Palmer, Alaska, because so by then we'll have rockets that can just take us from, you know, if you're living in Jackson and there's no snow there because of global warming, you can fly to Palmer in like an hour and a half. There you go. So they're saying the headline is uh, snowfalls in parts of Southern Arizona while Anchorage receives relatively balmy weather. So they're saying crazy. Um, Southern Arizona uh, is getting 
They got snow. They show snow on cacti. Um, <laughs> Snack <laughs> So snow dusted cactuses in the southern Arizona. In southern Arizona covered the Grand Canyon in the north. So in Albuquerque, heavy snowfall, icy roads caused many government agencies to close. Um, and they're saying uh, the jet stream, meanwhile, there, there's a change in the jet stream. It pumped warm air from the south into Alaska, taking the temperature to 44 degrees in Anchorage on New Year's Day. Oof. Which is crazy. It's just, you say global warming, but it's global warming in one place, global cooling in another. It's just weird. I think all the patterns are changing too. Things are definitely wonky, yeah. And again, I'm, I've, as I mentioned 74 times on the podcast so far, I'm far too stupid to understand all this. I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around it, but I don't know. It's, it never hurts to, to hedge your bets when it comes to snow because God damn it. If I'm, I know I could not bear to be that far, not be able to be at snow as, as much as I need to be. So again, but maybe you have to go that far. But if you were at the mountain, my question is, how much would a pass cost? Oh, well, that was a beautiful. That was like the ultimate like <laughs> setup for like the spike in volleyball. Just like. Take it away, <laughs> Can you believe it? I think we've joked about it in the past, too, but it has become a reality. Veils. We were joking, single, not serious about it. We were totally bullshitting about it. Vale's single day pass now exceeds two hundred fucking dollars. It's crazy. That's crazy. It is absolutely goddamn nuts. So a single day. It's called the Epic One Day Ticket. It is two hundred and nine dollars. Jeez. And the two day pass, goddamn Barnstormer at four hundred and eighteen. Damn. That's for so Vale Beaver Creek. For all these passes, you get like food you get like a massage you get like everything oh totally you get like you get two fingers of pappy van winkle 21 year um, of course rubbing a tug yeah whatever you need no problem <laughs> whatever for that price yeah all included or you can you can skin up like a man and ski for free that's <laughs> right hey well hey bro or if you have the skeezy like we oh, talked about yeah. last week i think it's all gonna be skeezies no more lifts people are like fuck the lift i got my ski it's skeezy time skeezy yeah. So yeah, Vail Beaver Creek is now two oh nine and it's gone up since two thousand sixteen from one seventy-five. Damn. Breckenridge coming in close second at one eighty-nine. Uh Deer Valley is up to one eighty. I think the one time I skied in Deer Valley in twenty fourteen, it had to be a buck twenty four, buck twenty five, something like that. You probably lost your mind back then. Imagine that. I was freaking tripping out they could look at that price and now damn people wouldn't bat at 125 they're like 180 180 now, now okay so next one at number four steamboat aspen park city and mammoth they're all at 179 now didn't we pay wasn't it like because we, we were into park city in 2017 wasn't it like 130 it was pretty, yeah. I remember it, was, it being a lot, but being like, it had to be like 130. 132, maybe 134, something like that, which again, was stupid expensive, but it wasn't that much. 79. Yeah, they skyrocketed it. Copper and Whistler, Whistler, 178. Winter Park, Squaw Alpine, or Squaw Alpine, 
uh, or what, Keystone. What was the Whistler last year? Because we went to Whistler. It wasn't 178. Well, you you had the pass, right? From Or you got like the discounted pack from the ski club? Yeah, yeah. But we I remember, went the year before, and I think we got discounted tickets from somewhere. We we bought the thing ahead of time. There was like that, um, was it the Epic Pass? Or we, we got some discounted Whistler rate because we bought it like super early in like November. Man, 178. Crazy. Yeah, but it's also Canadian dollars, which aren't really real. So it's like $64 oh, American. See, they should put that into into American. Yeah. Uh, Winter Park, Squaw Alpine, Keystone, 169. Heavenly, 164. Jackson, 162. Kind of worth it, though. It's worth it. North Star, 150. Sun Valley, 149. So Deer Valley being 180 is fucking retarded. I'm saying it right here, right now. That is stupid. Jackson, the only two that I, I could rationalize, Jackson and Heavenly. I could see maybe worth it. Whistler probably is too. Because again, it's Canadian dollars, so. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, man. Now, now these are the regular, you go up to the window, you buy your tickets prices. I mean, this is really, you're really forcing people to to go, I need to buy an Epic Pass or I need to buy an Icon Pass when you look at these prices. Because what is it? You go three or four days and it pays for it? Well, it's getting actually price restrictive for people that don't have it. So you're keeping people off the mountain potentially now, which I don't know if that's how they want to control the crowds. You know, instead of having their whole mountain crowded, now, hey, you got to drop almost two bills on a a lift ticket. Other people are going to look elsewhere to ski. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can buy an Epic Pass for what seven hundred bucks if you buy it early enough, and yeah. if you ski four days at Vale, it pays for itself. Yeah. But yeah. I guess they they must have, you know, the statisticians, the the marketers, whoever's running these analytics. They Actuary. must they must they must have their yeah right. They must have these figures that go. Listen, we get ninety six percent of our all of our you know our skiers or boarders or you know. Are, they're all coming for a vacation. So they're only going to get, they're only going to ski or board three to four days. So they're going to not be able to justify the price of the Epic Pass. So they're going to buy something else. Or maybe they're going to want them to buy the Epic Pass. Like, I don't know how they're breaking this down, but it seems like they want people to buy that stupid Epic Pass. I don't know if it's because they want all that money up front or I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I've been to places before where they're, where they're like, um, if you're going to be here more than like three or four days, you might as well just get a season pass. I'm like, I never thought about that. Like really? So five yeah. days would justify getting a six days would justify getting a season pass. Like, but at these prices, yeah, I guess. I mean, it really, it really makes you go. I have to plan my, my trips in like as soon as possible for the upcoming year. Because when do you, when's the discounted rates? Usually it's like what till October ish, early October. Well, that's so, why they're pass a palooza right now because you got to choose. Am I going icon? Am I going epic? Am I going mountain collector? Like, what pass are you going to get? Because that's that's all you, you're using once you buy in for one of those passes. Well, and then like you know, someone like you who has access to to standby flights. So if you buy a pass and you're like, all right, you know what? I don't really care if flying's going to be dirt cheap. I just need to get a pretty much get a hotel. If you have one of those passes, you're like, I'll just go ski for a couple of days at Vale or a couple of days at um, Jackson Hole, depending on which pass you have. Yeah, yeah. Had I bought a pass, but now I'm looking at walking up to Vale, paying two hundred nine dollars. Damn. 
that's that's freaking highway robbery. And but even um even Killington, like I bought passes and I think those are going at like almost ninety. Yeah, I think they were they were charging like eighty five or actually ninety. I I got quoted for one hundred eighty eight for two days. Damn! But if you go to Costco, two forty five for a three pack. Yeah, I got them for I think seventy each. They got to work do some discount. Oh, I gotta look at that crap. I think I have that too. Yeah, I didn't buy those so- tickets yet. It's called Tickets at Work through Plum or one of those. And then there's something else that we just got this year at the start of the new year. So Checking out the deals, man. Yeah, you freaking have to, man. Pretty soon there's going to be a uh, an Amazon discount, something to get your, your better deal out of this thing. It's going to happen. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think it is buying those passes. You know, if you, again, if you ski six, seven days at... And they all are places that are within that pass. It's going to pay for itself. Yeah. It's just, you know, again, you really have to plan your trips out way ahead of time and stick to your, what what your pass is offering. Definitely. Tell them who's going where. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, next one, I think that's your baby. Why don't you take that one? I'll take the next one. My baby. Yeah, this is really cool, and we just found this at the last minute. We found this at the last minute while we were prepping the outline, and this we just had to put it in and share it. This is so cool. Jeremy Jones launches device that turns your iPhone into a sat phone. That's a game changer in many different ways, not this just is, for skiing in backcountry. This is like, I mean, this is something that you couldn't even imagine ten years ago. So what happened was Jeremy, uh, you know, he's founder of Jones Snowboards. He's the founder of uh, Protect Our Winters. You know, he's a true snow sports warrior, veteran, uh, hero. And he is now worked with Somewhere Labs to create a device that turns your smartphone into a sat phone and connects to the LEO satellite network that works anywhere in the world. The Somewhere Global Hotspot works via Bluetooth connection to your iPhone or Android to provide two-way SMS and email. The device works off a USB rechargeable battery and is waterproof for up to 30 minutes. In addition to SMS and email connectivity, the tiny device also works as a standalone emergency transmitter that can be activated even when your phone is dead. Oh, this is awesome. This works in the same fashion to a spot transmitter or other rescue beacon by sending GPS coordinates to emergency responders. Dude, this is huge, not just for skiing, but like for boating. If you're out on a boat somewhere and your shit starts sinking, you know? Yeah, this is really cool. And because it's you changing know, the technology and the way the technology works. Because right now, like if I know uh, for my cousin, he has a boat and like you have separate different transponders that you get to buy like for like if you're going out uh we all know like if you're going backcountry skiing you have to have your beacon but like if you need a phone like if you want a transponder or a phone it's a special one that does like gps and different satellites it hooks up to so this is a pretty cool it's a game changer for a lot in a lot of ways yeah and you know it's it's priced at 350 bucks which you know it's a lot of money when you're just talking about this little time device, but what it creates and what it replaces is it's worth 10 X. 
You know, well, if you're out in the, if you're out somewhere and you need that connectivity, it is, it's worth your life. So it, again, is 350 bucks worth it to save your life? I think most of us would answer yes. 300 bucks is nothing. If you're, if you're going remotely someplace. And like I said, people don't realize boating. Like you got, I went out, went out like 35 miles fishing. We're in the middle of fucking nowhere. That thing starts sinking. Nobody's passing by. We're just going to probably drown by the time somebody gets to us. You know, unless you got something like this on. And what if you're deep in the backcountry and you get trapped? I mean, God forbid, you know, it's, a, it's worth it. And it's really yeah. not that expensive. I mean, satellite phones are, are really way more expensive. Plus, you got to get, we hook them up and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this is really cool. So we will post the, the link in the show notes, somewherelabs.com, S-O-M-E-W-E-A-R, labs.com. This is a, a beautiful, awesome device. So thank you, Somewhere Labs. Thank you, Jeremy Jones, for coming up with this because this is going to save a lot of people's lives in the backcountry. Yeah, very cool. So satellite phone plans. I'm looking just 2018 top satellite phone plans for this one site. They're saying, I guess, Iridium service, they're saying. Uh, the cheapest one is like 479 per month. 479 bucks per month wow yeah not four dollars four hundred and seventy nine dollars <laughs> per month but you're using that everywhere there's no like satellite track phone dude if i get like a satellite phone i am talking like a douchebag everywhere i go on the yeah. bus anywhere fucking i don't care i got a sat phone <laughs> so watch out everybody shut up i'm on a phone call <laughs> i'm talking to dubai that's right all right, next up, uh, Kings and Queens of Corbett's is back. So the competition, Kings and Queens, uh, if anybody doesn't know Corbett's Cool Arts in Jackson, Jackson Hall, uh, it is a pretty gnarly cool art. It's a, is it a blue? It is definitely not a blue. It's a black and blue. Um, if you don't know Corbett's, look up on YouTube. It's precious. Look up YouTube oh Corbett's. And just keep watching video. If there's so many fail videos, it's <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. Watch the regular videos, watch the fail videos, and then you'll be kind of level set for going there the first time you go to Jackson. The craziest um, thing about watching those videos is like it, when you watch those people and after that first turn, cause you got to make that, you got to jump in and make that hard right. And then a hard left. And after that freaking hard, right, it's amazing. The speed people pick up. Yeah. If there was one video of rock walls on either side, that's why it just yeah. intimidating. It's, it's yeah. dicey to say the least. But even if you take that trail and you put it on a regular mountain, even as gnarly as it is, and you get rid of those walls, it's that mental intimidation factor is not there. And so many people lose their shit because they see that, that wall and they're just like, Fuck, I don't want to hit a rock, man. And you look at the, when you look at the wall, that's where you're going to hit. The thing yeah. is you cannot look at that wall. <laughs> don't look at the wall. Oh, I looked at the wall. Yeah, I'm dead. Splat. Yeah. And then, you know, when you go there, like the conditions have to be right. Um, you know, Tommy Moe said it's one of his favorite favorite runs when the conditions are right, but when the conditions are not right and people try to force it, that's kind of when they fuck themselves up. But Which is the only reason why we didn't do it because the conditions weren't right. It's our story and we're sticking to it. But it's always fun to watch. You just oh, sit at the man. bottom and watch people just fall and slide and slide <laughs> and slide and slide and fall and slide and slide. And then they stop and they got to walk all the way back up that, that freaking mountain 
and get their stuff unless somebody's really kind enough to like help them get it down. Yeah. It's, um, it's quite the carnival ride. That's for sure. But anyway, so it's going to take place between February 10th and 17th. Um, some of Jackson's most aggressive skiers and riders hugging themselves, um, into some known lines and the success of last year's competition, put it on the map as a can't miss event. So, you know, definitely if you can get out there or if you're in Jackson, uh, and something coincides with a trip you got February 10th through 17th, I would say definitely try to get there and, and at least watch this or be around it. Like it, it should be pretty cool. Oh yeah. It's a, uh, it's an epic place to go and it's an epic run and an epic place. So you will not just be disappointed if you go and check it out. I mean, we have one more story in our ski news here. And this one apparently is from earlier in 2018 from the summertime, which somehow I guess we completely missed because, you know, it's the summer. Everyone's brains are melted and drinking 15 margaritas and trying to think about when's the next time you're going to get your skis on. We completely missed this. Like Mario and I were talking about this before the podcast started and neither of us even knew about this. So maybe you guys missed it. We're going to share it with you. Walmart launches gear site and black diamond takes legal action. Now, I don't know. I don't, I in the past have purchased from moosejaw.com. They always had a fun little website. They had, you know, good marketing, great emails, good price and good, good prices usually too. United miles, a shitload of United miles from them. That's what it's that too. But apparently they are joining forces with Walmart or have joined forces. They were purchased by Walmart and joined forces. They got bought. (laughs) Those sellout bitches at Moose Jaw, they sold out to to dirty old Walmart. And fuck them out, son. Yeah, and of course, they are excited because it's going to help take their business to the next level. They can now offer services like two-day free shipping, upgrade their website, expand their reach to Walmart customers. Yeah, because freaking Cletus in Alabama is looking to buy some freaking Arcteric Gore-Tex pants, right? Yeah, you know, some big old hunting, you need that those pants tomorrow. That's what I'm saying. Damn, I like Arcteric. I have a Arcteric rain jacket. I freaking love it. It's great, like except for the pockets. I want that uh, that jacket shirt that Tommy had on. That was cool, yeah. So despite Moose Jaw's excitement, Walmart's new store has already received backlash, particularly from Black Diamond. The outdoor gear brand wasn't too keen on Walmart using photos of its products on the new site and has issued a cease and desist letter to immediately pull them down. We did not see or approve the statement which Walmart released Monday and have never sold to Walmart stated John Walbrecht, Black Diamond's president in a press conference from the company. Black Diamond remains committed to our specialty retail partners, and we do not plan on deviating from this strategy. So I guess that's legit. So I looked at the Walmart site. There's nothing Black Diamond on there. So what they've done successfully is they bought Moose Jaw, but they kept it as a separate brand, right? So all the vendors and everything are still dealing with Moose Jaw, and they're not really dealing with Walmart. They're not selling their stuff throughout their whole company. Now, if Moose Jaw becomes part of Walmart and they say, oh, no, we have our Moose Jaw-like footprint within our store, but it's Walmart Moose Jaw, you know what I mean? That's different. Well, that's kind of like what when Amazon bought Zappos. 
bunch right. of years ago. They kind of let them do their own thing. Let them, you know, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't. They didn't. It to Amazon Foods. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that seems to be with established brands. That seems to be the smart move because, you know, they're, they're going to get the benefits on the back end, but they're not going to change their front end look and, you know, branding. Right. But again, you know what? I'm, I support black diamond and what they're doing. They're like, listen, screw you, Walmart. You're the one that's, that's behind this whole thing. We're going to stick with our, our specialty retailers. Those are the ones that have made us. And those are the ones we're going to keep supporting. Yeah. They're going to maintain their brand. You know, that's what they do. Yeah. They stick to your guns. You may make a little bit less money, but you know what? You're, you're playing the long game here and black diamond. They've, they've stuck their neck out for stuff like this. Look what they did with, um, you know, uh, with Utah and the outdoor retailer show, you know, they were, they were one of the, the first ones to start, you know, if they're going to pull, you know, the, uh, bears ears, the national park, then we're going to get out of Utah. Let's move somewhere else. Let's move this show elsewhere. Right. Take the show over to Denver, right? Yes, indeed. So they're sticking to their guns and that's, that's kind of what they're known for at this point. And you know what? They make great products and I will continue to support them. I bought new poles from them just this summer. You bought black diamond poles? I sure did. Wow. I had a little trouble with the basket. I think that was really just on me, but I think I got the basket situation addressed. Wait, you're just putting your scheme with the pole? Yeah, I had the poles, but the baskets. So I had like, had like these big. There's nothing stopping you. <laughs> well, that's oh. what happened a couple times. Yes. That's going right through the snow. Me and Ange were doing some. Um, we found some some fun moguls and we were kind of bouncing through them. And there was a point where you kind of, we were sitting there and I put my pole down, just kind of like sunk in. Yeah. Because it came with these like big gnarly powder baskets, which was kind of funny because it was, you know, obviously when it's not powdery, you're like, why am I using these big, ridiculous things? But I don't care. I'd use them every day. Yeah. Well, that was the thing. I I didn't have them on right. And because they kind of, you jam them on, but you also screw them to lock them in. And I didn't know that. So they kept falling off. So I'm like, screw it. I'll just go with no baskets at all. Nice. But then I I got my ripsticks and they came with both sets. They came with the regular. Yeah. I like that. That's nice. But I just put the powder on. I'm like, why the fuck did I even have the other ones? I'm like, I'm always using the powder. The powder ones look so much cooler anyway. Well, what am I going to get? I'm, I'm not doing a slalom where I got to shave, you know, 0.5 seconds off of my time. I don't give a shit if I got powder, you know, but I always have them too. on there, you know. They look cooler too, though. Yeah, they do. Like the old school, like with the giant like circles they used to have on there. Yeah. Mine are big ass, like bright green too. So like they really stand out, but. Like, nice. But it's funny. I'm like, it was like a- <laughs> I looked at him. I'm like, I'm not shaving 0.5 seconds off of my fucking following time. I don't care. I don't you, care. You wearing that full freaking like leather suit? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wearing the leotard skiing down right now. I don't yeah. think it's going to matter. Make a shit of a difference for me. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, if you want to, you know, sell your soul and buy some Walmart moose jaw stuff, have at it. But you I'm will not be finding. It's just. You'll, it's- it's hard. Once you get on any site, I'll just start shopping and just look around. Like, yeah. What are the prices? I love uh, stuff. Like we just, I just got, I got a new pair of pants for Christmas, new ski pants. Cause mine were, oh, mine. Yeah. I didn't hear that. Andrea, Andrea got them for me. Uh, she got me a pair of uh, some sweet North Face Smurf Blue ski pants. So uh, you like the Smurf Blue, don't you? Well, you know what? It, it's well, number one, it's Smurf our podcast colors. You yes, see me, is. I got the uh, the orange jacket and the blue pants. So it's our, 
you know, our, our main colors for the podcast logo are represented. She found me some new Smurf colored pants, which I'm totally psyched about. Cause I had a pair of Oakley ones that were like probably about five to six years old and had some significant gorilla amount tape. of gorilla tape on there. Ah, dude, that gorilla I'm, tape. I tell people that story all the time. I'm like, no, I know you can keep, you can keep rip ski pants for like six years. My buddy Brian does it. Dude, Gorilla Tape is best because there was before I put the Gorilla Tape on, it was getting to the point where the holes down like the lower part, the lower part of the pant, like where your boots are, were so big that the snow was just collecting in there and creating like this weird snow cuff. So if I didn't realize it, I would go like, you know, go in the lodge, whatever. And it was just like my my socks would get soaked because it would all melt. (laughs) Like all the snow that was in there would just melt. Just melt. But yeah, the Gorilla Tape, that stuff is magical because it's see-through, but it freaking holds a seal. Dude, I use Gorilla Tape on a whole bunch of shit now. Like, oh my God, it's so awesome. It's like, screw duct tape. Like duct tape is like, that's child's play. That's like amateur hour. You need like Gorilla Tape. They got the big roll now. I don't care how much it costs, but put on everything. It's definitely not cheap. I think I bought a roll for like nine bucks and it was like oh. not even that that big. It's- it's all gone up in price. You go either like Home Depot to get tape, like painter's tape, gorilla tape, duct tape. It's expensive. It's like two, three times the, the price it used to be. I'm like, what the hell happened? What the hell's going on with big tape? Big tape is everybody, just freaking. <laughs> everybody's using tape these days. I guess, I don't know. Nobody sews or mends anything. You just fucking tape it. All I know is big tape is benefiting. Big tape. Dude, I'm looking at these Arcteric boots. They look fucking nice. Oh, those are the ones with the, uh, the backcountry ones? Yeah, the, the carbon fiber, Procline AR ski boot. Oh yeah, those are so sweet, dude. I want full tilt to send us some boots to try out. We got to write to them. Full tilt, full tilt. You guys are listening. Can you at least send me a toque? That'd be great, dude. Did you listen to? Did you listen to the Twelve Days of Christmas this year? The uh, the guys from Strange Brew, no, the Kenzie Brothers one. Well, it's the old one. It's the one from like the eighties. Oh like, yeah, yeah. I, I hadn't heard it. heard it in like a year or two. So we were driving up and you know, <laughs> on Christmas, we were driving up to Connecticut for our, uh, our Christmas festivities and, you know, being in New Jersey, of course there was an epic crash on the garden state parkway because oh, you know, no. people are goddamn morons. And sadly there was be, there'll be one less blue Volkswagen beetle in the world because it uh it impaled a barrier on Christmas morning, Damn. which actually is probably a Taylor Swift Christmas song next year. But that's right. We're sitting in traffic, and then I was getting all you know pissed off because you know traffic number one and being in New Jersey number two. But then the McKenzie brothers, I forget what station it was. It's usually like a, a classic vinyl or classic rewind, like one of those I those uh, serious XM channels. They were playing all like like funky, weird, like rock kind of like, and fun Christmas songs. So they were playing like um, Spinal Taps, like Christmas with the Devil, which I haven't heard, which is freaking awesome. And they were playing like ACDC, A Mistress for Christmas, like all that, like that kind of stuff. But then they played the McKenzie Brothers, like 10 or 10 or 12 days of Christmas. (laughs) And a beer. Like, I think it needs something more. Okay. And a beer in a tree. (laughs) Five golden toques, four pounds of back bacon, <laughs> three back French bacon. toast. Now I feel like having back bacon. Is that wrong? Not at all. At like midnight to, to like fry up like a pound of back bacon. 
Yeah, it's five golden toques, four pounds of back bacon, three turtlenecks. Oh no, three, three French toast, two turtlenecks, and a beer in a tree. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes, they were ahead of their time. Well, since we're talking about the holidays, we might as well roll into the old main topic. That's right. So uh, I just broke from my spell of looking on Mushto. So I just like closed down. That's why you let me go with my rant. I like that. You were doing your thing. I was doing my thing. I didn't want to interrupt you, but I wanted to see if there's a deal on our Tarek shit at Mushto. So, you know, from (laughs) walmart.com. Wallfuckingmart.com. They don't have it there. They did. They do price match. I know it'd get it cheap. Mallfart.com. Dude, I've done that shit. Uh, Walmart, who's the other Target? I've done it too. Um, they do the price match. So you find it cheaper somewhere else. They take off 10% plus give it to you for that price minus 10%. It's crazy. Look it's at craziness. that. It's It's unfair. It's preposterous. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's New Year. New Year, new skier. Yes. So what's going on with the New Year, Brian? What do you what do you hopes and dreams for the New Year? Did you make any resolutions, any plans, any commitments? What's going on? <coughs> well, I have my basic, my basic kind of you know common person things that I want to do. I want to go to bed earlier. It's now twelve oh five a.m. as we're recording this fuck that up in the first i want to drink more water i'm drinking beer right now so there's water in the beer hold on a second that's over 80 percent water good point your body's over 80 percent water so 50 50 right now all right obviously i need a new job that's a big one but you get this this is your new job but now we're talking we're talking ski you know, important like ski resolutions. And I think we, we did kind of talk about this. I think we had like a episode, maybe like, didn't we talk about like September? Like we had like our ski, you know, cause it's kind of that the ski season's coming up and we did like a ski season resolution thing. But now that we're, we didn't do a resolution thing. We did like a ski hopeful, like planning. We always do the planning one. Sort of. Yeah, true. So I, I mentioned something back then and I am reiterating that and i think i'm actually making it happen next week already so so there were so there were two new england ski resorts that i have you know always talked about and always wanted to go and i have always managed to dick around enough to not go to them and that is mad river Glen and magic mountain Mm. so next week i have already planned to go to magic next thursday number one because it's awesome. And I finally want to ski there. But number two, dude, they have throwback Thursday pricing or it's $29 lift tickets. It's insane. That really is insane. And the weather is supposed to be awesome next week. I'm going to be hanging out with you Thursday nights. We're going to be skiing together Friday and Saturday. So dude, a lot of positive things. I might be there Thursday also. Hold on a sec. <laughs> uh, you could do worse. Let's just say that. I'm just saying, you know. I got one of the, I got the freaking card still from, uh, from whatchamacallit there from the Boston snow show. I don't know if it applies for that day because I think it's so cheap to go and, you know, for that throwback Thursday that I don't think they really even, they acknowledge it. They're like, bro, how much do you want to take from us? Dude, they're just looking at you like, oh, I feel like ski bum. Come on in, bro. Well, that's the thing too. Like I want to freaking bombard these folks with all of our ski bum goodness. And that's the other resolution for the year is man, this podcast has to 
has to get out to more people. Like we need to become, you know, known in the ski industry because you know what? I think for you folks who are listening to this, you know, we do a great job. We have a really fun podcast. If you like skiing, if you don't like skiing, but like stupid stories and morons talking about them, you'd like it. Like we're just, we have a good product. We have, um, you know, cool branding. We love what we do and you guys can tell that. And we really just want to spread this with more people. So that's, that's one of at least, you know, our big goals for 2019 is to just get this to more people and which will allow us to do more stuff and to go on more trips and do more fun, have more fun content for the podcast, which is really more stupid shit. I want to do more stupid shit, man. More stupid (laughs) shit. That's kind of our motto for 2019. Like a good broad, you know, thing. Stupid is the new smart. That's right. More stupid shit. Pretty simple. Everybody understands it when you write on like a blackboard. Is what we're doing today, people. Not a blackboard. We need one of those fancy, clear, see-through boards right in the marker. So it looks all high tech. Oh, I know. Forget that. I go old school. Old school. I want chalk. You know what? Just get a freaking, get a a tablet and a, a hammer. (laughs) <laughs> just chisel it in there. Fuck that. I want to be the guy that writes a permanent marker on the whiteboard. <laughs> on the dry erase. That's you me. To be that guy, huh? More stupid shit. So everybody sees it for like Project Mayhem. Right. <laughs> if you ever want to get rid of this blackboard, I mean, this uh, white erase, right, dry erase board, you better do it soon because it just says more stupid shit on it. Yeah. Just drawing pictures of dicks. <laughs> the permanent marker on the whiteboard. Oh, that'd be, that would be magical. Somebody goes to erase it. They're like, oh my God, what did these people do? And they go to erase it. Like it won't come off. <laughs> Just being one of those guys. Well, the best is being the guy who's like substituting the regular markers for the, uh, or the, the erasable for the regular markers. <laughs> Just put like labels over like a, a permanent marker. Tee hee. Ah, oh, got you guys. Project mayhem. <laughs> That's it. You never know. So That's, how about uh, you, Mario? What's, uh, what do you have pledged? for your resolutions for the year? So I don't believe in resolutions. I just believe in reflecting on the shit you failed on the previous year. It's kind of like festive. I'm a big festivist believer. So, so instead of looking forward, you're looking back. Well, I look back for a minute and then I say, okay, that year's over. Fuck that. Let's make it better. And then I look forward to just doing stuff. So that's when like, you know, I, I settle everything at the end of the year, like get everything straight budgeting, like all this stuff, like personally. And then the next year I set up to just go balls out. So, uh, this year it's, I think going to take me till the weekend after new year's because, uh, so much shit had, I had to clear out of last year, but this weekend is going to be the, um, it's going to be the new Mario, Mario, uh, 2.0, 3.0, 4.0. At this point, it's probably like Mara 8.0. 9.6. With a little upgrade. V2, you know, R2. I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, definitely, definitely looking forward to skiing. So I was a little bit afraid last year that I wasn't going to be skiing. And this year, you know, I made a lot of moves last year to make sure there was a commitment to skiing this year. And I just want to keep uh, keep that pedal going, keep the, the gas pedal on that going, and then uh, the podcast. I gotta move my ass, uh, you know, getting things going. You know, Instagram followers dropped us. We got a little, you know, 
will discern the ranks right now. Like it's uh, it's freaking yeah. Podcast newsletter. Everybody look out for the newsletter that's coming. Yeah, we had we had um, you know we have those they called welcome mats on the site that kind of encourage you and actually kind of stalk you and annoy you to sign up for our newsletter, which we had on there for a while. And we have a, a decent list of folks and we haven't really done anything with that because we didn't know what to do with it. But now we kind of have come up with a plan. And that's one of the things we want to do to, you know, again, reach out to people in different ways. Some people like the podcast, some people like emails some people like Instagram, as long as we're kind of getting all the same content out there, you know, through all the different mediums, people will be getting our information. They're getting, um, you know, finding out what we're talking about, what we're doing. Cause again, we, uh, we love what we do. We think we do a pretty good job and we want to spread it to more people. So if we can get people checking out the newsletter, getting people to subscribe, getting people to follow us on all the socials, we can, you know, start spreading the word, getting more, um, more subscribers, more users, which means we maybe get some sponsors, get some, um, a little bit of uh, make a little money off this and be able to do more stuff, go on more trips, get more, uh, more swag, more products, be able to enhance the podcast, do more video. And that's really what we want to do is just to blow this out and make it something even more special that you guys are going to love even more than you do now. Yeah, it's going to be all good. You guys will see. So if anybody doesn't know, so for the new year, what I'm looking forward to when uh, the ball dropped, um, you know, going to go skiing for the first time with my, uh, my girlfriend. That'd be fun. Um, going to meet up with Brian next week. So I got that ski trip. So January has two ski trips. And then after that, going to ski with, uh, Harry in Switzerland, which there's going to be video. I'm, I'm breaking out full on video and watch the Instagram and the socials because there's going to be a lot of fun, good shit on that. We got to watch some of that last year at Folly Deuce when you guys were in uh, Lotharens. Yes, that was a lot of fun. That and was, this uh, is going to be uh, this is going to be another level to that, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, Harry's been out of loop. I haven't. I just say I've talked to Harry maybe once on the phone and texted him maybe four times in the last. Shout year. out to Harry. Shout out to Harry. Well, you saw him in August, right? So I'm in August, did a little bike ride with Harry, uh, buddy Steve, uh, well, one wheel Steve and John, the uh, 401k genius. Um, the IRA to ski chalet. That's right. They, yeah. they were all there you know, on the concentrated ski ride. Um, but I tell you what, so uh, John's coming down to visit in February so we can do a podcast then potentially. Nice. Um, Steve's coming down in April, maybe podcast or we'll do something before then, but, uh, yeah, there's a lot of things in motion. So things, things going down. I may get up to uh, New Jersey, do a, uh, podcast with you live. I think that's, that's one of my goals too, is in the next few months to do live podcasts. And you know what, if you, if you do it in like February or March, we, you can even stay for an extra day and we could do like even a, a local one day trip up to, uh, Hit up Hunter or the creek out to Wyndham, something. Yeah, go down the creek <laughs> if you want to cre- bottom, bro. Top to bottom. If you want to creek it, we can creek it. DPS those bad boys up. That's right. <laughs> or Hunter, I've never skied Hunter. I never have either. I think we almost have to do it. 
I think we almost have to. A lot of people are saying our buddy Joe, who's probably listening to the podcast, he, you, he that's one of his favorite mountains. Really? Yeah, he he used to teach there. Oh, that's right. He did teach there. Yeah. Yeah, he loves Hunter. He he has all the ins and outs. He like if we ever go there, he knows all. Take this run. Don't do that run. Like, gotta reach that, out to him. That would actually be cool if you came up on like a, like a Thursday or a Sunday, and we you know, got sick on that Friday or that Monday. And just went up and, you know, grabbed a day on the slopes. Yeah, I, they're counting sick days now. So I think I have to use them all. So right. <clears throat> I'm coming down with something. It doesn't sound good, man. <clears throat> sounds, to... It's caught in my chest and I think it might like keep marinating until like February-ish. Time I think you might need to see a doctor in the Adirondacks. I, I need a special doctor. Special doctor in the Adirondacks. I yes, indeed. Look at my problem and, and find a cure for me. It's very, very disturbing already. Uh, yeah. So I think, you know, I just want to try to put together some ad hoc ski stuff. I mean, that's, that's what I want to do. And, you know, pound the podcast, we gotta really start pushing. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really what it's all about. You know, like, you know, we've talked about it before we talked about it five times already in the last five minutes is we want to keep pushing this and we want to get out there more on the slopes, talking to you folks, talking to you, you know, talking to people in these towns in the mountain towns and that are skiing, that are boarding, that are doing cool, fun stuff that are, that have a great restaurant or a great bar. Like we just, you know, we want to bring you guys fun information that, you know, gives you inspiration to do what you're doing. Hey, maybe you're starting a a local craft brewery, you know, and you heard one of the things we talked about in the podcast and like, Oh, that's pretty cool. I'm going to incorporate that. Or I've learned from that. And I want to do that too. Or, Oh, I never thought of skiing there. It's so cool. You guys went there. Thanks for, you know, creating this, you know, this episode and it's inspired me to go there too. So that's, that's what we want to do. We want to provide you guys with inspiration and, you know, making you guys follow your dreams and go and ski where you've never skied before and, and try the foods and the beers and all the adventures that you haven't done before. So we're trying to do more of that. And that's what we're lining up 2019 to, to do. Well, and it's also, you know, putting on the calendar and making plans to go to the snow show next year and make sure we're out there retail and connect with people that we've connected with. Um, you know, there's an off chance and I'm looking right now at, Red Bull crashed ice because Cameron Niles we connected with and he's a really nice guys doing really well in the standings. Um, that'd be kind of cool to go up there. I mean, so it's kind of not just meeting people, but supporting people that we've met and uh, the good people that we've met, uh, hanging out with Matt um, again, you know, from, from Boston Globe. I mean, just people that we like, you know, and, and meeting people and, and sharing the love. That's pretty much what it all comes down to spreading the love and meeting people. So, so thank you everyone that we've, you know, chatted with and hung out with and had beers with and had emails with like, you know, it, it, we love doing this. And, you know, if you guys aren't listening, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense for us to do it. So we appreciate you all checking it out and listening and subscribing and telling your friends and enemies about it. It's, you know, it's, there's lots of content out there. There's lots of, podcast tv shows all stuff you can listen to or watch but you know we do appreciate you guys taking the time to to spend a couple hours a week with us because you know listen to it in fast mode so it's only an hour or so but you know these have been getting kind of rambling a little bit long but we have a lot of fun things to talk about so we don't want to 
censor ourselves or cut it down. You can always fast forward, skip to different segments. But, uh, you know, we do appreciate you guys checking it out. And we want to keep putting out a fun, interesting, cool, thought-provoking, laughter-inspiring product. So thank you again. And yeah, we look forward to to recapping 2019 and hopefully doing some fun stuff that we're talking about right now. Yeah, keep a lookout. And keep checking us out at skibumpodcast.com. Send us an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Under the ropes. First up, this was an interesting article I found on the New Yorkers or New York Mag's website. And it asked the question, how much of the internet is fake? And it turns out a lot of it actually. And this was this was interesting because it just talks about how, you know, there's so many sites and, you know, influencers that supposedly have all this, you know, traffic, all these followers. And it says that a lot of them are really just spoofed and there's a lot of bot traffic that makes this all up. Faked clicks, faked mouse movements, uh, masquerading as engaged consumers. And they came to the conclusion that generally that about 60% of web traffic is human, according to researchers. So basically 40% is crap. You know, it's funny. You see shows like Silicon Valley and they show like a, a place in... Like oh, the India. click farm in Bangladesh. Yeah. But the click farm. And you think, oh, that's funny for a show. But like that shit really exists. Oh, yeah. It's nuts. You pay somebody and they'll, they'll buy clicks. You'll buy somebody clicking and they have, you know, shit where they have multiple phones set up and they're just clicking, clicking, clicking. That's all they do. Yeah, yeah. if you scroll down that, that article, there's a video of it of a Chinese click farm. And you know what, what it came down to is, you know, someone was able to create a business that said, Hey, you know, we'll provide you with 5,000 followers for 10 bucks, you know, and they're able to pay these guys. I don't know how many pennies to to do this for an hour, but But yeah. So look at the economics of it, right? So they pay, pay people pennies per click because it's just actually moving your hand onto a phone that's set up for you. And then they pay the click farm, you know, click farm makes money. By charging you for, oh, you think 20 bucks for 5,000 followers is enough. That's great. But these people that are actually starting the whole process where they're saying, I need these clicks, they're taking around and they're, they're selling their brand. They're a Kardashian. You know, they want to be a Kardashian or, or something like that. It's crazy. What's really crazy is that, well, and you know what? You understand why. So I saw... um there was an article on Reddit a couple of days ago, and it was asking about how much Joe Rogan makes for his podcast. And it was talking about, they had some sort of analytics and they were saying that, you know, podcast sponsors will pay, you know, whatever it is, X amount of dollars for a thousand, a thousand listeners to your subscription. And he gets roughly a billion listens per month. Again, who knows how much of that is fake, how much is real, right. what that, what's considered a listen. Because his shows are like up to three hours long sometimes, sometimes even a little bit longer. 
he gets real listeners because he has so many followers and so many listeners. So right, but but based just the economics of it. So say he yeah. has a billion listens per month, and if it was like, I forget whatever the numbers they were using per like five thousand or a thousand dollars per or five thousand dollars per thousand listeners, whatever it broke down to, it was he's making on the low side ten million dollars a year, the high side a hundred million just off the podcast. So now. If that's why these click farms exist is because there's it's economically viable for influencers, creators, you know, podcasters, anyone who has something that requires a certain number of views to financially benefit them to sponsors to pay these people to get more followers because they'll make more money from sponsors. Wow. Which is yeah. so, you know, we can go out and spend a thousand or let's say let's spend five thousand dollars on getting more more subscribers more followers okay cool so we spent that money we can now make you know tens of thousands of dollars from sponsors because of that but is that right i don't know it seems pretty shitty to me kind of shitty like advertising though at some point you got to think about like so you can advertise to get followers and listeners right or you can buy clicks to show people that a lot of other people like and follow, which is almost like an ad. Shitty ad, misleading ad, but it's still, it's almost like an ad at this point. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, it's so easy to just kind of skip past those ads too, if it's done in the beginning, like most people do it. But yeah, I mean, that's how much money you can make off these. So that's why these exist. So you, you know, it's it's almost like, this vicious cycle of the internet eating itself because, you know, you want to be out there and do something different because you're getting away from Hollywood. You're getting away from that kind of bullshit and you want to do your own thing, but you're also needing these, these people, these sponsors, these subscribers to, to make it economically viable for you to do this. So it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird situation. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, dealing with dark magic. Like it's, Totally is. You're going down a road that you, you know, you're never going to shake. Yeah. I mean, the way easier way to get a Lamborghini is definitely to follow Jesus. Boom. And that's a good segue. Good setup. So there is a preacher, a mega church preacher, mega church preacher. Testify. Testify. Who bought his wife a $200,000 Lamborghini and told parishioners, don't confuse what I do with who I am. So I guess you could smoke crack too, but don't confuse what I do with who I am. Um, These are my lungs. And on Sunday, when you see me in church, it's the lungs of Jesus. When I'm puffing away. I'm puffing on a pipe. Uh, testify on a pipe. <laughs> anyway, so this preacher's wife has no reason to be late to church because mega pastor John Gray bought his wife and uh, wife Aventer a $200,000 Lamborghini Urus, Urus for their eight year like anniversary. Their SUV thing that they just came out with. Yeah, it doesn't look like an SUV though. It is. It's like a coupe SUV. Yeah, it's like one of those crossovers, right? It's it's probably the most, the dumbest vehicle ever made. <laughs> it's, it's like the, the, what is it, Cayman? The Porsche Cayman. Uh, like well, it's like those BMWs that look like coupes, but they're actually. Yeah. SUVs, but they have no room in the back for anything. Yeah, that's the, the Porsche Cayenne. I hate that. Uh, yeah. 
So anyway, so after he bought it, he he put a 23-minute clip on their Facebook page after catching a lot of flack to explain. And part of his explanation was, I want to thank the, the people who have been walking with me. Um, the reason, uh, blah, 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 needed a new beginning. So he bought this big thing and he clarified that pastor is just his job, but he's a husband first. And don't confuse what I do with who I am. So very kind of crazy. I don't know. My man seems a little bit defensive there in his, uh, his commenting of what justifying purchasing this vehicle. Dude, if Chappelle was still on TV, man, that would be a great spoof on this. So, um, he he says it's not from the church. It's from his side business that finances the sports car. Yeah. So before moving to South Carolina to lead his own congregation, which he now runs, he was an associate pastor on Joel Olstein's Lakewood church uh, in Houston. So I guess through that, he got a big following and then he moved to his own congregation, but he's not associated with Joel Olstein right now, which is good to know. I was very confused. I thought he was. So this is good that this clarifies that. Yeah. He's on his own, but uh, on his own and doing things his own way, according to uh, according to Jesus. The Lord is good. Uh, <laughs> if my man wants to buy a Lamborghini, uh, <laughs> he should go to buy a Lamborghini. Uh. According to Speedifest 3.2, you must have a baller-ass vehicle. <laughs> preach the word of God. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's a, it's nice looking. I like the color. Of it's that very red. But I don't know if that's his. But I believe it's called douchebag red. Douchebag red. So you don't. You anybody could be a douchebag and own one of these. Then. Yeah, but he's being a douchebag for the Lord, and that means something different. He's kind of being a douchebag in his apology. Like, what is it? Is it an apology? Is it a, I'm sorry that you guys are jealous? Like, haters gotta hate? Like, I'm sorry you're a broke-ass bitch, and I'm not. That's right. Own up. Own up to it, or if he feels bad about it, then maybe he shouldn't have done it. Crazy. Crazy motherfucker. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. But, hey, you know what? Lamborghinis aren't going to sell themselves. So I, I skied in every continent this year, but that's because the Lord told me to go there. <laughs> Have to go on high. That's right. And that's crazy. Yep. So I'm writing your dad again, GoFundMe site. I think we should maybe start a religion. Maybe that's where we get some tax free benefits and you know do the Lord's work. Dude, if Scientology is based on Martians, I'll be like based on Hula or something like that. We can do something. We can work something up. That's true. <laughs> ski your lifestyle. It'd be like a ski religion. Combining all the other religions into one master religion. How about that? We could start like a commune at the mountain. Like that uh, wild, uh-huh. wild country. Yeah, Jackson Hole. <laughs> Ooh, was it take over Jackson Hole? Taking over the hole. Take over the hole. <laughs> We're taking a hole. It'll be the motto of our church. We're just taking over the hole. Everybody taking a hole, 10,000 strong. <laughs> Have people like doing free ski tune-ups. Hey man, I'm just passing it forward, paying it forward, man. <laughs> Pissing off everybody in town. 
man, they're giving out free tunes. What are you going to do? But they tune really good. Tunes for Jesus. <laughs> no, no, we don't have Jesus. We have something else. We, we have Jesus and other stuff. Like it encompasses all. That's right. It's an all-encompassing. It's like the coexist bumper sticker. That's right. In real life. It's the coexist in real life. We're just kind of chill. We're just like, we raise mountain dogs and tune skis. That's our base <laughs> for living. That actually sounds pretty awesome. That sounds I'm liking it. He's training mountain dogs and growing weed, obviously. <laughs> well, <laughs> do we even have to say that? Kind of goes with that saying. It's like, do I say I, I breathe every day, every couple seconds? No. Right. Train them out. Yeah, train them mountain dogs. I, I watch these videos on uh, on Instagram. I think it's on our feed. You see that guy with the uh, mountain dogs? I think so, yeah. He does all his training. It looks pretty cool. It's pretty intense. Oh, it's really intense. Yeah, it's freaking awesome, though. But that's why these puppies are so good. Yeah, discipline, discipline and hard work leads to happiness. Discipline. <laughs> Did you say? Oh, I have a discipline. <laughs> Carbon reference. If nobody knows South Park, I totally missed that one. Oh, I had no lack of discipline. <clears throat> I was trying to teach teach him kung fu. <laughs> All right. So I think that wraps up the old podcast for the week. So thank you everyone for listening. Get those 2019 ski resolutions happening now. Make them happen. Please check us out. Skibumpodcast.com. Send us an email. Skibumpodcast at gmail.com. We are on all the socials. Twitter.com slash Skibumpodcast. Facebook.com slash Skibumpodcast. Instagram.com slash Skibumpodcast. And we didn't buy any of our followers. You guys are all legit. You know it. We know it. Please subscribe and rate us in your favorite podcast app. Check us out on SoundCloud, Highfalutin-SkiBum, Pinterest. We are the Highfalutins. And also on YouTube, just search us out, Highfalutin-SkiBums. Support the podcast and stay high, stay fluting. That's right. See ya.